This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach, and for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooko. This is still the longest night ever uh, yes. in the FBI studios. FBI Studio One or Two, whatever the one that look, they don't look, usually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, it's a horror film podcast. Yep, yep. yep. Okay, so, okay. Yep. Have you been paying attention? Do you? No, you have you. Are you Jack? talking to me? No. I, so yes, <laughs> okay. we're not those kind of presenters where we're like, thanks to you for tuning in. <laughs> we're not having a conversation with people listening. We're having a conversation with each other that anyone okay. listening is lucky enough to be a part okay, of. Okay. All right. Yes, I, I guess I've okay. been paying attention. Okay. Do you remember earlier this evening? <laughs> <laughs> Me having an aspiration or an expectation and you uh, saying that it was wrong? Do you remember anything like that? Anything oh. Russia's related? Yeah, look. Can you just refresh my memory on... In my defence, mm-hmm. I said that your idea of getting... You said that's not how it works. I did say that's not how it works. Okay. So... <laughs> Pete, what are you going to tell me? I've just got a bit of a um, voice memo here for you of just an experience I had earlier tonight between recordings of episodes <laughs> when I popped over to old P&V Liquors. Um, hi there, guys. We're here at P&V Liquors. Um, Peter, thanks for having me. Um, I've got a Resh's long neck here in my hand. Uh, what do they normally retail for? About eight dollars, mate. Um, all right, so I'll be paying eight dollars. Is that right? No, no, not for you. That's on us, mate. Ah, very kind. Thanks, PNV. <laughs> what? How did you get a free Resh's? Shout it out, Resh's on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> This is how That's it works. That's so good. This is how That's it works. That's so good. I love that. Uh, so. But also, when did that happen? Because we've been recording between this podcast. Between episodes. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> it happened between when? episodes. All right. Anyway, continue. No, yeah. Okay. So, we've done that. Resha's good. Good work. Um, send us more if you'd like. That's fine. We're relaxed. Um, Shag, do you remember the Pusha T and Drake beef last year? Yeah, I mean, who could forget? Yeah. So, um, in the so I don't particularly care about watches, but Pusha T was wearing a Rolex Day Date in the interview he did on the morning show, and I thought that was very nice. And if Rolex want to send us send me a Day Date, Fuck. just to see if just to see Stepping if they like to do up. that, they're welcome to. Stepping it up, we're going to have to change the little outro we do at the end to shout out Rolex. No, as well. I don't want to be easy like that. That stays with Rushes. <laughs> this is the only shout out Rolex is getting. <laughs> And they better be listening or we're going to shout out someone else next episode. So so the ball's in your so, court, so, Rolex. So hang on, hang on. You want the Rolex that Pusha T was wearing? Yeah. Is in it, in the 2018 interview on the morning show. Is it still available? Is it Rolex? I think it is. I think it's got a day date. Okay. How um, much do they retail for? $44,000. <laughs> <laughs> and what what I I'd mean, be too embarrassed to wear it. It looks dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so so what do Rolex get in return? They've just got it. <laughs> You're welcome. 
just send it. So just, 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 just send me a watch. All right, today we're doing the Bubba Dick. We just watched the trailer for Australian film, The Babadook. Uh, Babadook, Babadook. The first from uh, Jennifer Kent, who's since gone on to do some really amazing things in the film world. That classic Australian story where I feel like we wouldn't have loved it as much if it wasn't <laughs> accepted wasn't by Australian. the world. But oh, we're not, sorry. No, no, no. You know how like when an Australian thing comes out, you're like, oh, here's another Australian <laughs> thing. But then the world likes it. It's like, yeah, I <laughs> love this I all the time. This is the best thing ever. Yeah, we love Jennifer Kent. Uh, we, we really have a problem <laughs> in this country. But anyway, I wanted to ask you something because hmm. this is one of those is films. Is this you? Are we having a conversation here or to people listening? I'm <laughs> I'm asking you this, page. Mm-hmm. Me? This is one of, uh, <laughs> Can't wait to do this again. <laughs> this is one of those films that yep. you sent me a text excitedly being like, let's do the Bubba Duke. Mm. As someone who is, you know, still new to scary movies, afraid of them, but, you know, looking to overcome them, mm. what is it about certain films that excites you and makes you think, I want to know more about that film? I I don't have a good answer, but but... But broadly, it's the idea, it's the concept, it's the like, oh, so, you know, with it, I'm like, oh, does it turn into a spider and it's from another dimension? And with the bubble duck, I'm like, oh, okay, so is it mental illness or is it made up or is it, or is it real? It's that real um, sort of plot detail element that I'm like, oh, okay, it's an alien who fell down to earth. Or, oh, okay, it's um, a manifestation of the mother's grief or whatever, like, where it's like, oh, okay, it's blah. It's that... Um, I think this is something you alluded to when we were speaking about uh, Halloween 3 earlier tonight, that one of the joys of horror movies is the twists and turns they, they mm. can take, is the open-worldedness. And I think it's that. It's the like, oh, okay, this is a monster that lives in your shoes and every day it nibbles a little bit more of your toenails <laughs> off until it, you know, like whatever it is. You're like, okay, awesome. This is a, this is a whole new concept. <laughs> this is awesome because from what you've said, it sounds like you're starting to understand the joys of spooko films but i can i can still enjoy those particular joys just by hearing the synopses true true i mean we will eventually have to get to you actually watching them but is it going to be midsummer oh midsummer it looks pretty spooko to Mid- me Mid- actually midsummer's not as spooky as spooko as hereditary you sat through the synopsis of Hereditary <laughs> and moved to Dumb Down. I could survive the synopsis of Midsummer. I also think the synopsis read out of Midsummer mm. is kind of going to be kind of like it. Like when you read through it, you're just kind of like, oh, is this all that happens? But it's uh, it really is about the filming techniques. But anyway, mm. we're talking about the Bubba Duke today, uh, Australian film from 2014. Let's get straight into it. Yeah, let's actually. Amelia Varnick. Good night. Is a tr- yeah, I know. Mm. I hate it when, like, natural names are really hard to write, though. Yeah. It's really hard to come up with a name that doesn't sound like you wrote that name. We talk shit about J.K. Rowling, but one third of her names, when they're not fucking racist, like Cho, <laughs> like Cho Chang or Pavati Batil. Oh, God, I forgot about that. <laughs> like Cho Chang, for fuck's sake. But occasionally she does. <laughs> she should join Weezer. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe how many shots we take at J.K. Rowling. In fact, I was going to give her a compliment, but now I can't conjure up a name I like. So, no, eat shit, J.K. Rowling. All right. No, uh, one, uh, yeah. 
I'll stand by that. <laughs> You'll stand by yeah. it. Shit, yeah. Rowling. Rolex, get at me. Okay. Uh, Amelia Varnick is a troubled and exhausted widow who has brought up a six-year-old son, Samuel, alone. Her late husband, Oscar, was killed in a car accident that occurred as he drove Amelia to the hospital during labor. Oh, like, you see, what do I like about horror movies? I'm already like, okay, mm. let's do it. Let's dance. What's going on? So Sam begins displaying erratic behavior. He becomes an insomniac and is preoccupied with an imaginary monster against which he has built weapons to fight. I always enjoy the Is that horror poor movie. drafting? What do you mean? Imaginary monster against which he's built weapons to fight. I think it it, it makes it makes sense. Yeah, okay. It's cool. just time interrupting. It's convol- it's convolutedly mm. written. It probably could be written a lot simpler. Because is Wikipedia not the million monkeys tapping on a million typewriters? Like, should this not be the greatest writing of all time? No, because I mean, the million monkeys writing on a million typewriters that was like folly, right? Nobody thought that would actually write the greatest novel of all time. I thought the, I thought it was a the message of that wasn't. I thought the message we was we just need to get these. <laughs> Get it, get it, get it. <laughs> we need the money of these monkeys in a room. Let's do this. Let's get this done. Let's do it. That wasn't the point. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Well, if it was, it didn't work. But I love the horror movie trope when kids can see something, but they don't oh. identify it as scary. They're like, oh, that's a fun thing. But then the parents hear the story and they're like, that's actually a spooko thing that you're talking about. Man, that is a real life thing. Has that ever happened with as your like kids? It's like a parenthood thing. Like, you hugely worry of, like, yeah, I just met John, my friend, who fucking takes me down the thing. And you'd be like, you... <laughs> that is really scary. I've, like, it's never happened, but, like, you can Ooh. imagine of, like, for Ooh. what? Ooh. Okay, yeah, I get that. I get that. Okay. So, Amelia is forced to pick up her son from school after Sam brings one of these weapons that he's built to, you know, mm. fight off this imaginary monster to school. One night, Sam asks his mother to read a pop-up storybook called Mr. Babadook. It describes the titular monster, the Babadook, a tall, pale-faced humanoid in a top hat. Top hat, again. Yeah, real, real good, hey? This is another good thing about scary movies. I'm like, oh, so he's tall and thin and a top hat. If you see someone on the street with a top hat, you are like, you're a fucking loser. Yes. But And no offense to top hats, <laughs> but it's just it's just the way it is usually. So um, my favorite genre of art at the moment is um, reaction videos to one four's song, Spot the Difference. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my favorite kind of artwork. And there are all these awesome like UK drill and I can grime experts um, who are reviewing it and who are freaking out. And there's one moral of the story that emerges um, from it, similar to the you avoid the person in the top hat, um, is if you see a like muscular dude wearing a cap and a ponytail, you're like, do not fuck with the muscular Whoa. dude with the cap and the ponytail. <laughs> I'm like, that's good advice. Also, I shouldn't fashion shame. You know what? You want to wear what you wear, just wear it. I'm just saying, in my experience, top hats, no good lies there within. Oh, Shaq, I'm with you. So they've been reading this book. And Amelia is disturbed by the book and its mysterious appearance mm. because she's like, well, where did this book come from? Yeah. While Sam becomes convinced that the Babadook is real, Sam's persistence about the Babadook leads Amelia to often have sleepless nights as she tries to comfort him. Soon after, strange events occur. Doors open and close mysteriously by themselves. That's a great horror movie trope too, because that happens in your life usually. Like things will happen. Yeah, you'll there'll forget, be creaks. There'll be creaks. You'll forget a door open. The cat will jump on the piano. 
<laughs> it's just yeah okay yeah that's that's really funny oh thank you uh, I try to say funny things that's sort of one of the things that I'm trying to do on the podcast <laughs> so doors so these things happen like doors mm. open close mysteriously by themselves strange sounds are heard and mm. Amelia finds glass shards in her food she attributes the events to Sam's behaviour but he blames the Babadook Amelia rips up the book and disposes of it at her birthday party Sam's cousin Ruby bullies Sam's for not having a father which is that's the thing that's like when john marston was like bullies are only being nice to people did you hear this john marston thing anyway so john marston has his opinion that most bullies are just giving feedback to annoying kids to tell them how to be better kids and in fact and in fact bullying is usually really helpful so when this yeah yeah yeah. That is an unconstructive view, even if correct, which it is not. Like, how does that view assist anyone? Christ. It kind of makes bullies like these, like, noble martyrs. Well, yeah, this is like, I'm just telling it like it is. I'm not a bully, just telling it like it is. You don't have a dad. Eat shit. That's my feedback. You've got no dad. Christ. So, in response to this feedback, he he pushes her out of a treehouse. As a result, she breaks her nose in two places. Amelia's sister Claire admits she cannot bear Sam, to which Amelia takes great offence. Again, which is fair. If you went to, like, your sibling and was like, hate your kid. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's not constructive (laughs) feedback. On the drive home, Sam has another vision of the Babadook and suffers a seizure, so Amelia is able to get sedatives from a paediatrician. The following morning, Amelia finds the Mr. Babadook book reassembled on the front doorstep. New words taunt her by saying that the Babadook will become stronger if she continues to deny its existence, containing pop-ups of her killing her dog Bugsy, Samuel, and then herself. In a pop-up book. This is super spooked out. This is awesome. Terrified, Amelia burns the book and runs to the police after a disturbing phone call. However, Amelia has no proof of the stalking, and when she then sees the Babadook suit hung up behind the front desk, she leaves. Amelia starts... Oh, yeah. at the police station. Mm. Oh... Amelia starts to become more isolated and shut in, being more impatient, shouting at Samuel for disobeying her constantly and having frequent visions of the Babadook once again. Her mental state slowly decays and she exhibits erratic and violent behaviour, including cutting the phone line with a knife and then waving the same knife aggressively at Sam without realising it. This devolves into disturbing hallucinations where Amelia violently murders Sam. How are you going? Because you've been pretty cocky about this. I feel like you've been super into, like, scary movies. Babadook is, like, textbook spooko. How are you feeling? Yeah, like, it's it's different. Like, the... I, I was trying to draw the line between, like, a violent action film and sort of a horror film. And my violent action film, you go, yep, there's some good old violence. I can deal with that. Um but with a hot like this sort of the grip on sanity involving children is it real or is it not it's the same as the freddy like are you awake or are you asleep yeah it's really I, like i feel like i'm smiling more though during these last two especially i don't know maybe hmm. so shortly after she has these visions mm. of violently murdering sam Amelia sees an apparition of Oscar, her late husband, who informs her, who, infor- who offers to return to her if she brings the boys to him. 
Realising that he is a creation of the Babadook, Amelia flees and is stalked through the house by the Babadook until it finally possesses her. Under its influence, she breaks Bugsy's neck and attempts to kill Sam, eventually luring her into the basement. Sam knocks her out. Tied up, Amelia awakens with Sam, terrified nearby. When she tries to strangle him, he lovingly caresses her face, causing her to regurgitate an inky black substance, which seemingly expels the Babadook. When Sam reminds Amelia that you can't get rid of the Babadook, an unseen force drags him into Amelia's bedroom. (laughs) After saving Sam, Amelia is forced by the Babadook to rewatch the vision of her husband's death. Furious, she confronts the Babadook, making the beast retreat into the basement, and she locks the door behind it. After this ordeal, Amelia and Sam manage to recover. Amelia is attentive and caring towards him, encouraging him to uh, encourage, encouraging him toward the weapons he makes and being impressed at Sam's magic tricks. They gather earthworms in a bowl and Amelia takes them to the basement where the Babadook now resides. She places the bowl on the floor for the Babadook to eat. However, as the beast tries to attack her, Amelia calms it down and retreats to the corner, taking the earthworms with it. Amelia returns to the yard to celebrate Sam's birthday. That's an amazing ending. Did you get that it's a metaphor for grief? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, But I don't know whether I knew that for like pop culture or not, Mm. of like you make peace with your grief rather than you rage Mm. against it. Mm. Is that the best movie we've done? Like I'm kind of like, oh, that's... It's a really well done movie, and I think you'd actually really enjoy it. But it is genuinely spooky. It would be It is. It is. It is her- like. It's it's different to something like Hereditary, where it's like Hereditary leaves you with disturbing thoughts. Sp- uh, the Babadook's disturbing while you watch it, but it kind of actually. You know what? Let's go back on our thing we said before. Maybe it's it not a horror on- movie. Maybe it's a happy ending. It ends on a happy ending. So mm. it. You know, it's it, it, it's arguably a psychological thriller with a very or a magic realism sort of film because you know the bubble like it, when you read like watching it, I wasn't like oh this is grief the bubble dog's grief. But when you read the thing, especially when the bubble dog makes her rewatch her husband die, you're like okay, that's that's what this is. This is what's happening. It's amazing. It's my favorite so far. Uh, This was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up?